Hi, everyone, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to successful CEOs and founders all about their epic business blunders. And with us uh, in the hot seat today is none other than the CEO of a great company, Panzura, panzura.com. And her name is Jill Stillfox, rather. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Jill, why don't you kick us off with uh, the elevator pitch? Uh, what are you guys up to over there at, uh, at Stillfox? Yeah, so we make a great cloud, hybrid cloud software. Um, what does that even mean? Look, we help companies like hospitals that have um, x-rays and they want to move those big files from the hospital out to patients or doctors and they need to um, collaborate on them. Um, we do the same for large trading room floors across the globe, um, large architecture firms, you name it, we do it. Even sports teams need to move large data. Uh huh. And uh, you are, you're a refounder, I believe. I am a refounder. So uh, my background is I uh, have one shtick. I find great companies and turn them around. Um, and so we found uh, Panzura and we bought the business three years ago, lock, stock, and barrel from uh, venture capitalists. We've raised about $100 million since we bought the business and grown 485% in the last three years. So um, having a ball <laughs> Well, congratulations on uh, on all your success. I think uh, building a business is one thing. Turning it around is an, is an entirely other animal. Um, and so if you can get that right, uh, that means that, uh, you know, you, you've, you, you know what you're up to um, and uh, you're doing a lot of things right. So kudos to you. Thanks. So Jill, uh, let's get on with the meat and potatoes of this episode. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Yeah, so um, you don't always know, I think, um, how to turn around a business. And so uh, it. You know, it was 2018, and um, I had the opportunity to work with a company that had created this amazing product. It did a ton of stuff, but it was really focused in the educational space. And it answered what at the time was a really hard problem, which is, in an emergency in the K through 12 environment, um, and a lot of people think of emergencies as like a school shooting or something like that, but honestly, emergency could be a, a weather event. Um, and so you need to reach the parents quite quickly, but all the information about your children is in the office and it's not where your children are. And so we created this very complex very detailed mobile software that integrated into the attendance system. So we know which kids were in which classroom. We have a map of the school. We could do text messages to parents, all of this stuff that was really important. And it was a very narrow market fit, K through 12 and complex. Complex software is not really what works <laughs> through 12 environments in the hands of teachers who have 30 of our children with them or something, right? Like we ha 
had a product that was both over-engineered and very narrowly focused. Um, and it was impossible to turn it around because it was impossible to sell because the users couldn't use it in a way where they could use it and do their job. Um, and you would think, by the way, that that would be obvious on the face of it. But we got really wrapped into the mission of what we were trying to do, which was keep kids safe at school and keep parents informed and all of those things. But it was a massive failure. Mm. So what actually transpired from that, Joel? What, is, what, did you, what lesson did you learn that you now take forward with you? The thing that I loved about it, great product. That I took forward. But it has to be a great product in a large market fit, not a great product in a narrow market fit. That's number one. So something that can work across industries, not just K through 12, but across industries. That's one. Two, how about listen to your customer? <laughs> like really listen. They would say, look, we don't have time to do something. We don't have time to look on this. Okay, you don't have time. So we will create more software that will get you the answer faster. Well, they didn't know how to use the software they were given. So giving them more software was not useful, right? And so really, really, really listen to what customers say. And sometimes I think we as technologists love that we can make technology do something, but we should ask us the question of, should we do that though? Or is it better? Is the customer happier with less or do they need more? Um, and then the last thing is, listen to our employees. Look, as the CEO, I had salespeople in the field saying, this isn't working. This isn't, this is hard to sell. This isn't working. And when I heard hard to sell in those early days of my career, I heard, oh, well, you can't sell. <laughs> That's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it was a me problem. <laughs> so, well, so I, guess, I guess it depends if you believe that you're always at cause, you know, because I think you find, I think you have CEOs which are always at cause, like everything that happens in their business and their vision, where they happen, where they turn around the company or not, or pivot from A to B, or stay with, a, you know, innovate or not, that all comes from the, the, the top, right? And so if you believe as a CEO that you're the visionary and you're always at cause, then you always take responsibility. And I find the most effective CEOs are always at cause, or they believe that they are at cause, even if the leadership team as an example you know make a, a wrong call strategically whatever the case is you launch a product it doesn't work you know uh you're still at cause you understand even as the ceo because yes. ultimately the buck stops with you doesn't it it does and i actually that i think has been the big learning lesson in my career is not only is it the buck stop with me and i'm at cause as you say i need to say that out loud and when I articulate that out loud to my people and my customers, they appreciate it because they're being heard. And I am the one with the vision. 
that, you know, that's sort of our responsibility in the middle of the night. But it's also our responsibility to deeply listen and consider what's happening. Mm, Absolutely. So, Joel, if you could get into the Matt Brown Show time machine and kind of go back in time, um, what would you do differently? Uh, Knowing what you now know and hindsight being a perfect science. And why would you do it differently, if at all? Yeah, I think we... We started with a whiteboard. This just happens so often. You start with a whiteboard and what and a problem. How do we keep our children safe at school and know that everything's okay? And then we crafted a solution. What if we started with a problem? How do we keep our kids safe at school? And went to those that are responsible for the problem, teachers, administrators, and said, hey, how could we do this better? We know everything about technology. You know everything about education. Where do we meet to bring that together? That would be one. Two is, if you're doing all that work to keep children safe at school, how can you use that same thought process or technology to inform employees when something goes wrong in a company or there's an emergency there, or what other emergency situations could you use that technology for instead of that one narrow niche? And so part of it is start with focus groups and customers first, first, (laughs) and one is, another is start with a market, like do research on how big the market potential is before you go into it. That's a, that's really good advice that I've oftentimes people have to talk about, you know, there might be a gap in the market, but is there a market in the gap? You know what I mean? Like you can't scale something if there's not a demand for it. So if you too, and I think timing plays a big role in that, doesn't it? It's kind of like, if you're too early, you like, you don't get the adoption that you seek. If you're too late, there's other competitors and, you know, maybe you don't get, you know, so it's kind of like, you really got to get that timing element of it right. Um, and Jill, what's your advice to CEOs and other entrepreneurs out there today in terms of, you know, the importance of failing in business success? I think failure is where all the learning comes from. Mm. I don't, the, and the harder the fail, the more you learn. Um, so the key is for me, the key is do it often because I don't think you're going to be super successful if you don't fail a bunch. So fail as often as you can. Try things that are big and bold as often as you can. And by the way, celebrate the epic ones. Like literally celebrate them. Talk about them out loud to your friends and family. Because the more you talk about them, the more the ego goes away from it. And the more the learning comes to the forefront of it. So, and honestly... The real story is all CEOs fail. And the more we talk about it together, the more we can learn together too. Mm. It's not a negative. Mm. It's actually a huge positive. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do the series, right? Is to kind of like facilitate that conversation. Because I think, you know, every time, you know, we hear another story of fail, it's like, damn, like it's okay, you know? <laughs> or, or that yeah. must have really sucked. My failure is not as bad as that one. You know what I mean? And so we, yeah, and I think sometimes people will fail and they they just get stuck in it and they don't move out of it. 
And I mean, there is literally, you can't fix one darn thing about the past. So you better keep looking forward because the past doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jill, um, what about books, tools, and resources and things like that? Is there, is there a book that you gift the most or is there a book that you've read um, that you recommend other CEOs use on their journey too? Yeah, so I'm, um, I am literally a religious follower of good to great. Um, I just think it is the playbook for how you, I mean, I'm in the turnaround business. So how you take something that's good and make it unbelievably great. Um, and so I love that book. I'm also a huge believer in coaches. And without a business coach, I don't know how anyone thinks that they're going to be an elite athlete, right? You wouldn't win a gold medal without a coach. Why would you be top of game as a CEO without a coach? So I've had a coach my whole life and they kick your ass and it is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's an underrated thing. I think think the one thing I've learned about that, the reason why you need a coach is, is because whoever you are, uh, especially as a CEO, you get stuck inside the bottle. You can't read the label oftentimes. And so you need someone who's seeing things objectively to go, no, that's not the right call. Or yes, that's the right thing to do. Or I don't know, you know, <laughs> just to be a sounding board, I suppose. But I think that perspective shift is what I found coaches to be so valuable in leaving. Cause you're like, damn it. I hadn't thought about my problem that way. That's exactly right. Or they'll say, my coach often says to me, you know, that's the third time you've talked to me about that problem. So are you going to keep talking about it or are you going to fix it? Mm. And you're like, oh, damn it. Guess I should fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Joel, um, you're an absolute legend. I have huge respect for you uh, doing the turnaround stuff. It's certainly something I don't have uh, the skill set or the the capability to do. I think it's too heavy. Um, but uh, to, for you to do it and to do it so successfully, that's all kudos to you. So thank you for being here on the show, for lending your perspective about the importance of failure. I really appreciate you. Uh, stick around, but uh, wishing you and, and the team uh, at Panzer all the very best of the future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks, everyone. 